0: Hello and welcome to the second ever episode of Troubling Issues, wherein we read a comic book and talk about it. But it's not just for comic book fans, it's for everyone. This episode we will be reading Dark Dungeons by Jack Chick. It's a 1984 religious comic about the dangers of playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'll give you a quick uh, content warning. There is a fictional character committing suicide in this particular comic for reasons that don't make much sense and discussion does enter a little bit into religions and DD. so if either of those are very touchy for you you may not want to listen in any case i hope you enjoy the show Troubling issues. The podcast where we read a comic. It could be good. It could be bad. But it's definitely noteworthy. And then we talk about it. I'm Brad Daniels, your nerdy, uh, nerdy MC for the proceedings, proceedings, proceedings. And <laughs> I'd like to introduce uh, my guest for this week, which is Mark Buckingham, local uh, what comedian. <laughs> I'm just, I would never call myself
1: improviser.
0: <laughs> improviser and uh, Renaissance man who does a lot of stuff. He's an artist. He's a musician, and he's a very funny guy.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm a colossal nerd like you. Oh <laughs> just, yes, we have different disciplines. <laughs> colossal.
0: <laughs> but... We've taken different strands in the nerd, uh, the nerd course, but we're both in the same course so uh, how are you going at the moment mark
1: well like everyone else um you know we're looking for how we can still be nerdy while we're in isolation and last night i got to do D with my nephews via zoom and it was a blast it was okay it was great
0: sounds fantastic ah uh, of course this does raise some concerns Because that is what we're the subject matter of the comic we are looking at today, uh, which is Dark Dungeons, a Jack Chip publication. It's a short comic. It's uh, it's interesting, and it involves Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm sorry to hear that you've uh, you've indoctrinated your your nephews into this um into this satanic pact. I suppose.
1: Well, that's right. We're leading them down a a dark path so this this comic um you know this Mm -hmm. the guy who makes it can you give me i I have seen this artwork style before i've seen these little comics left around you know like on trains bus stations you know Mm -hmm. can you give me a little background into the person who makes these
0: okay i wish i could give you a a lot of information but i don't actually have a lot They they were done from the 60s to recently. Uh, Jack Chick, the artist and writer and brain mastermind of it all, uh, produced these little comics to preach basically uh, his particular brand of Christianity, which is a uh, fundamentalist, like Baptist, sort of like Southern American, uh, not South America, but Southern United States, sort of like fundamentalist Christianity, uh, where everything is, which is not the church is evil. And uh, yeah, he he uh, he was a very devout individual and believed all the stuff. And yeah, his little uh, innovation of making these tiny comics that you could just like were super cheap, so you could just leave them around and people would read them and build their own, like, uh, draw their own conclusions from them, I imagine. So, yeah, Chick publications have been around since the 60s, and they are going to be around for a long, long time, even though the Jack Chick, the guy who did them, is uh, dead now, I think, 10 years. It's still out there.
1: Well, I have to say, he is a very good artist. I've I've enjoyed the art in this comic. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that, uh, I've I've always thought he's 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 gu- he's good. He should branch out, but he's dead now. <laughs> well, he did do a
0: whole he did do like full size comics as well, but they're mainly just uh, rants against the Catholic Church. So, uh, oh. if you want to if you want to read something like The Godfathers, uh, which is, is saying how terrible the Catholic Church is. You can get more of his fine, fine art.
1: God, you're going to make me end up agreeing with him on something because I'm not a very religious person, but I'm, I'm not really into the Catholic Church.
0: Okay, well, I like I think only Catholics are into Catholicism, quite frankly. Um, I, I don't know if they are inspired by Satan, as he would say, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a niche thing. Let's get away from this problematic area and (laughs) talk about the comic at hand. Dark Dungeons, uh, first published in 1984. So very much uh, at the height of the uh, D&D is evil craze, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, The cover, cover like all uh, Chick track, has a side illustration. uh, And the title, I guess, a black background on the right title is dark dungeons it's got jtc which is jack something chick the guy who wrote it and the illustration is uh, a fantastic gothic uh horror illustration there's a red moon rising above a castle shrouded in fog and a spooky hooded ghost figure or something like that uh it's towering behind it uh, that's a promising- classic
1: dnd module
0: cover it's great.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Promising spookiness and horrors within. Uh, so how did you like the cover? Any comments about that one?
1: Oh, well, look, it's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm looking at it and it's like classic art of the, the time for D&D modules. Um, I guess uh, if I'd seen that on the cover of a module, that would have made me, you know, want to join a Satanic Cult.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we'll find out more about your personal life as we go on. And of course, we cut to the first page, uh, where there is a group of uh, friends, I assume, playing D&D. Uh, okay, wizard, cast your spell. So we go straight from the spookiest picture in the world to a people, a group of people standing around a table, uh, sitting around a the table. There are oversized figures on the on the table, but you know, we'll give them an artistic license for that. And uh a young girl is casting a spell okay dungeon master my spell of light binds the monster okay then we have a little bit of a whiplash in the next page where uh the dungeon master who is wearing a very fashionable i think leather jacket or something like that it's very very cool uh uh, uh announces to one of the uh girls playing the thief back black leaf did not find the poison trap i declare her dead and this does not go down well.
1: Well, look, it, it never does with a with a character. Um, I would like to point out the first thing that is the yes. most interesting in this: is that is a female dungeon master, and that there are females. The, the game is made up of ha- half females. Like I, I did not play Dungeons and Dragons with a with any female for many years.
0: Are you saying that this has already gone into the realm of high fantasy by saying in the <laughs> mid-80s that, well, uh, that women would play Dungeons & Dragons freely of their own free will and even run games?
1: Well, look, I, I knew of some in that time, but at my, my own personal experience of playing uh, D&D with females was limited at, at the early beginnings. But, uh, you know, I... I just think it's a. This is the image I want to portray of D and D that everyone is welcome, regardless of gender. So I really commend him for that. Okay, so you're
0: already getting the positive vibes out for the D and
1: D. Yeah. Um, I have to say though, I know you're going to give him artistic license with the size of those miniatures, but as a a miniatures person myself, you know, they are outrageously big. They are like, you know, nearly the size of you know, Barbie dolls. Mm. That It's sort of like,
0: I would describe them as Star Wars action figure size, because I'm a big nerd.
1: Yeah, well, look, I think that the 12-inch Star Wars figure side, uh, I mean, they're they're bigger than the cans of drink that they've got. I have not
0: noticed that, but they are, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think she's actually, the the female GM, um, or the Mm -hmm. GM, I think she's actually wearing black satin, but maybe that's what I want her to be wearing.
0: I uh, hear what you're saying. We're fulfilling a lot of fantasies here, not just fantasy role plays, but other sorts of fantasies as well. Okay, the young lady who was controlling Blackleaf says, no, not Blackleaf. No, no, I'm going to die. Uh, and this is where we find out that if your character dies in DD, you are forced to leave <laughs> as soon as that happens. Yeah. I- Marcy, get out of here. You're dead. You don't exist anymore.
1: You see, Mr. Chick, um, you know, like myself, I haven't read the rules of the Christianity, the Bible. He has not read the, the rules of, of, of D&D. Ah, so uh, like, yes. So, so are that...
0: you describing the Bible as some sort of uh, source book for the Christianity role-playing game?
1: Yeah, it's a live-action role-playing game it's... that a lot of people are into. mm mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. They get together once a week, and they all they all play their roles. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, we're going down. We're going to crazy places here. Okay. <laughs> Just going to say, well, I'm not anti-Christian. My entire family is Christian. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's yes, yeah, so let's say there's certain aspects of Christianity that could have a little bit of looking at every once in a while.
1: Well, yeah, I've, there are some core tenets of um. Christianity, which I, I think are, are good. But I think just being nice to people is good. I, I guess there are some rules of d and I don't like, but, you know. But... Okay. <laughs> you don't <laughs> like
0: some rules of D&D. We'll leave it at that. Um, that's a criticism of D&D, everybody, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving next. Uh, okay. So next page, next panel. I mean, it's great. A lot of these pages are just at one panel. Uh, super easy to get through, and as you said, very well uh, well delineated, very well drawn. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Cut two after the game. Uh, the DM, uh, whose name is she, has given a name
1: somewhere down the line. She's dungeon master, and you only Dungeon-er. get to know her name when you've reached twelfth level.
0: <laughs> okay. Debbie. So Debbie is the young lady who was like, get out of here, Marcy, you're dead. Uh, Dungeon Master is talking to her and says, Debbie, your cleric has been raised to the 8th level. I think it's time that you learn how to
1: really cast spells. And then Mm -hmm. she said, (laughs) you mean you're going to teach me to have the real power?
0: Uh, Oh, yeah. You have the personality for it now. Because obviously,
1: there are two
0: just bombshells that have been dropped in this panel and one is that uh, uh magic magic is real uh like all this so it's not just making up stuff you actually learn how to do magic and that Dungeons and dragons is a uh is a brainwashing sort of indoctrination technique to give you the personality that they need to teach you the magic now, Mark, you've done some of D&D. Is this uh, totally correct, or how, out of from one to ten, how accurate would you say this is?
1: Well, look. Uh, once you try D&D, you really don't go back. You know, you, it's a it's a it is a gateway for other role-playing systems. Um, so you know, it's that accurate in that way. Um, it makes you look. It's it's a if it's run well, you do like it and you do want to do more. So maybe. It is a type of a cult, but um, mm. just like, a, you know, just like religion, D&D can be a club, a club that um, you get to be involved in, it, you know, and it's a, yeah. a common and activity. But club, <laughs> club that you can beat your enemies with, for example. <laughs> That's right. But um, I, yeah, I, I guess there's some aspects of the, some truth in that, but um, I think it's pretty harmless.
0: Okay, so you're you're saying that so uh are you so are you denying the fact that they they teach you spells in the D D, is that it? Like uh, you learn real power?
1: Well, I, I, I yeah, I do deny they teach you uh real power, but they do teach you social skills.
0: Okay. Well, that's something that none of none of us want to have. Uh, okay, next page. The intense cult training through D and D prepared Debbie to accept the invitation to enter a witch's coven. Now, once again, this is a thing. This is my problem. It's like I I really have a I have FOMO, fear of missing out. I don't like <laughs> missing out on stuff. Um, I've played a lot of role playing games. I've even played some D and D. And I've never been invited to join the Witches Coven and I really I really feel hurt about
1: this, Mark. Have you had any characters get to eighth level?
0: Uh yeah, I had a barbarian called Hawker who got up to twelfth level, I think. Yeah. Uh, barbarians well, do hate magic.
1: Yeah, there you go. You picked the wrong character. You're not invited.
0: Oh man, it's my own fault. I could have been like Elstar.
1: Yeah. I brought
0: Elstar to become a priestess and a witch. Welcome, Elstar. You will now become a priest of the craft and the Temple of Diana. So this is all like, uh, you can tell he's got a smattering of like uh, occult knowledge that he that he's picked up here and there. He's like he knows that the Temple of Diana is a thing. He knows that there a coven is a thing, but uh, it's all a little bit sort of like generic. Sort of like, have, yeah, you, this is, have you sorry?
1: noticed there are 13 witches in that in, in people in black? There, I oh, wonder, no, I did not. I wondered because they're all standing in this room with a very uh large uh pentagram in it, and uh, you know, uh, and there's 13 of them. I cannot believe that that is um by accident. What I like is that there's this attention to administration where there is a desk. On the sacred symbol, where they're gonna yes. obviously got a sign-in sheet. She has to fill in forms for HR. What's that about?
0: <laughs> okay, well I think you raise a very valuable point, and that's this is the allure of D and D for me is check boxes. <laughs> uh, if you have a character sheet and there's like little boxes you have to tick, tick them off. Oh, that is like that is better than crack for me. It's like oh, if I fill in all the, if I tick off all the boxes. Oh, so good. So I can see what they're getting out there. Yeah, the attractively designed forms or character sheets or stuff like that. That's how you get people in. Okay, and next next page, Ms. Frost. You see? Ah. I knew she had a name. Um, and I love the fact that she she <laughs> that uh, yeah, Debbie where, that doesn't refer to her by her first name, but by her title, Ms. Frost, her second name. Uh, that's insinuating that, I don't know if she's a teacher or something like that. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, Ms. that's Frost.
1: interesting. I, I at least had the first name of my dungeon master, you know, I, I never was that, had a formal dungeon master that wouldn't let me use their first name.
0: Yeah, because we were saying like, ah, oh, Mary or something like that. No, it's was very, very official. Once again, it's like slightly just like it's just a little bit off from like what real life is like here. But, you know, it's we're trying to we're trying to learn about the about Jesus here. So let's keep on going. Uh, OK, this is fantastic. This makes the game real. It's not a fantasy anymore. Just cast my first spell, you know, and uh, Miss Frost is like, yeah, I knew you were ready by the way you played the game. Uh, this is just the beginning. There's so much more. So how do you reckon she was playing the game that she uh, knew that she was ready? Was she, like, backstabbing everyone?
1: Oh, yeah. Look, uh, I can... She Well, she was probably into the magic. Um, mm-hmm. she... she knew she was hardcore enough to, to get... Well, the way she knew... Um, she was ready, is because she said, "Marcy, get out of here. You're dead. You don't exist anymore." That's how she was treating um, Blackleaf. Is was the the final part of the audition. <laughs> okay.
0: So once again, uh, just I've never actually encountered like I've had plenty of characters die, but I've never been told to leave the leave the room after that happens. I'm just like oh, bad luck here. Start making up a new character. Yeah, that's. Like...
1: That's exactly almost
0: like, right. Almost like it's more of a social interaction than some sort of like uh, well-ordered uh, indoctrination process that I was going through there.
1: Well, the best GMs don't kill off characters. They they may, they they take away something else. So there's some other you know stake. I mean, people should be killed for stupid actions, like if they you know challenge a dragon with a with a toenail clipper or whatever. Um, but you know, the best GMs, you know, do their best to keep the story flowing. They don't actually want to kill off the party, but they do want some sort of threat against uh doing silly things.
0: You've had much nicer DMs than I have.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, okay, we uh we find out what spell Debbie had cast. And we have this fantastic panel of Debbie just like, oh, Debbie's just like she's loving it. She's got a, like a, like a really uh let's say uh intense expression
1: on her face yeah she's she's really screwing up her nose half
0: smiling half sneering yeah i used the mind bondage bell on my father who was trying to stop me from playing dd uh i think we're entering into like adolescent fantasies here uh and we find we find out that she she caused her dad to buy two hundred dollars worth of the new D and D figures and manuals. It was great. Now this is like we all wanted that to happen, didn't
1: we? Look straight away. I want to be recruited because I want you know my parents to buy me two hundred dollars worth of D and D figures. I'm going. What's what's wrong here? What's wrong? What's wrong with this? This is good so far. Um, I'm on boor-
0: I'm on board. There's no losers at the moment.
1: No, everyone's winning. Everyone's
0: winning. Let's see what happens later that week. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: So Debbie's mum, I would say, is on the phone. Marcy's on the phone. She wants to talk to you. She's really upset. Of course, Debbie can't make it because she's fighting the zombie. Uh, Tell her I'll see her tonight. Uh, So this, okay, we have uh, Debbie sitting at a table by herself. Uh, saying yeah. she can't do anything because she's fighting a zombie. What's going on here, Mark? What's what's the story?
1: Well, this is D&D taking to the next level. You don't need the Dungeon Master now. You're the player character and the Dungeon Master. She's She's gone from 8th level to transcended to something, so, something that we could only aspire to be, and that is she's practically a module that reads itself.
0: You don't feel like she's like just lost contact with reality and she's just like she was like oh la 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 i'm playing D&D i'm thinking like a, i'm thinking just about everything up to this point has been in her head that's what this panel is saying she's sitting there alone at a table surrounded by D&D paraphernalia saying she's playing a game there's no one there there's no one there oh chilling chilling stuff well that's my interpretation Next next page. Hi, Mrs. Anderson. Marcy wanted to see me tonight. Uh, Mrs. Anderson uh, is very happy to see Debbie because Marcy has shut herself in a room. Hasn't been herself for weeks. She's very worried. Maybe you can talk some sense into her. Go to the next page and, oh boy. Well. uh, Shocking reveal. Shocking reveal.
1: Yes, Marcy has hung herself. In the frame is all the Dungeons and Dragons loot that she has, and let's take us to the point of truth, and that is, I believe one person has killed mm-hmm. themselves, and it, and it, their reason for killing themselves had something to do with D and D, but that you know. Anyone who has killed themselves has killed themselves for a reason. This is, you know, because of D&D. But I have to tell you, as a sales tool,
0: mm-hmm.
1: D&D doesn't want to do that because they lose their customers really quick.
0: Yeah, so you're saying that it might not be uh, the object of D&D to cause people to kill themselves?
1: it might be that that person was in a vulnerable, you know, uh, Well, it definitely was, the person was in a vulnerable state. Like uh, in all Mm. truth, the the person that did kill themselves as a, you know, with some link to D&D for them, you know, my heart goes out to them, honestly. Um, Mm. But people kill themselves about all sorts of things. And I remember at the time, school being outraged that it was being all pinned on D&D.
0: Yeah. It's just like uh, you're saying, D&D can be used as a handy scapegoat, because uh, even in this fictional story, which is uh, which the author has a clear axe to grind, you could say, well, it wasn't D&D; it was the social uh, social stigma of being sent away by your friends, which was the problem here.
1: That's right. It could have the the DM could have just you know said, hey, all right, just roll up another character. Um even Yeah, even in this
0: like story, the author can't really say, well, it was just D D. It's like there are other interpretations from what he's presented, and he's trying to get us to think that D D is evil.
1: Exactly right. Exactly. I know I got a bit serious there, but Mm -hmm. um this is a very stupid comic. (laughs) Um but uh (laughs) But I the the thing that I um that always this guy's really good at drawing dragons and little fantasy figures. He's really good at it. And in this mm. panel with her, you you can't you can see that she's obviously she's just pushing the chair to the side. You can't yep. see her hanging herself, but you know that's the what's going on. You mm. only see her from the you know the midriff down, but in the background, he lovingly draws all these D and D things. What do you make of that?
0: Well, there's, there's two ways to read it. One, that he wants to be authentic in, in what he's representing. And the second is it's fun to draw dragons and and barbarians and knights and wizards and stuff like that. It's fun stuff.
1: I think he his character died in D&D. <laughs> Mister... <laughs> I think we go into the secret origin of Jack Chick. Yeah, okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So that's uh, so what I'm I'm getting that from this. He's okay, the girl so with pigtails. He, he's the he's the girl.
0: <laughs> he's Marcy. He had he had uh, he had a bad DM. He yeah, played with some jerks. I've had I've been in games with jerks. I mean, it's not fun. It's not fun. You're trying to the whole idea of the game is to have fun, and some people can just screw that up for you. Uh, okay, we have uh, the suicide note. You know. It's my fault Blackleaf died. I can't face life alone, Marcy. Uh, Debbie is, is broken up, goes to talk to her good friend, Ms. Frost. Uh, if, she, if I'd left the game, she'd be alive today. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is because uh, if Debbie had left the game, Marcy probably still would have killed Blackleaf with her stupid playing.
1: And she wouldn't have $200 worth of D&D manuals. Yeah,
0: so you're you're on Mrs. Frost's side. Get your side. Get your priorities straight, Debbie. Uh, oh. you know, if you want to play a game, you're going to have some friends commit suicide. That's just the way it happens. Ah, uh, uh, Miss Frost is laying down the law. Um, it would have happened sooner or later. Uh, you know, she was her spirit was too weak. And once again, there's a little bit of a you know. Uh, Jack Chick read some up about uh, the occult a little bit. The law of our faith is we can do anything we want as long as we harm no one. But now we have harmed Marcy, uh, which is well, yeah, that is a tenant of some uh, occult uh, setups, but uh, not it's not in D and D. D and D is all about hurting each other.
1: Right, you've. I think this is a separate podcast. I'm a D and D survivor by Brad Daniels. <laughs> um, yeah, I think some we'll, we'll get some D and D tales out of you in that podcast that I'll create for you. It's at your therapy.
0: <laughs> Thank you. i oh, therapizing like some bad, bad D and D sessions back in the uh, back in the nineties, man. Um, okay, Ms. Frost is like try, shaking Debbie. Get 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 your act together. Don't be stupid, Debbie. I think you'd better let Elstar Kate take care of things. You're getting out of control. I don't want to be Elstar anymore. I want to be Debbie. Now, we've all been in a situation where someone wants us to be our D and D character instead of ourselves at all times.
1: Who doesn't remember having a good shaking from your game master?
0: <laughs> That's right. Um, it's just a thing that happens. Like, uh, yeah, no, really, no further comment needed. And we uh, cut to Debbie. She's sitting in an old, idyllic park. It looks like there's clouds in the sky. She's crying. Um, Mike, Mike wanders up now. Mike is no—he knows how to get good with the girls. <laughs> Debbie, I told Jesus. I told you, Jesus is the only answer. I've been praying and fasting for you. Why would you do that for me? Some kindness from uh, this fashion model, I assume. Uh,
1: Mike.
0: Well, uh, I, Mike. Hmm?
1: Oh, look! I, I, I love how casually it's. I've been praying and fasting for you.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what that's what Christians do, man. I'm
1: gonna um, I'm gonna tell Rachel, my my partner, I'm gonna tell that I didn't eat a sandwich for her <laughs> later today. <laughs> well, that's love. That
0: is the the greatest love of all, as Whitney Houston Houston wrote. She was uh, not eating noodles when she wrote that. Um, okay. Uh, Mike lays down the spiritual facts. It's a spiritual warfare (laughs) that you can't win without Lord Jesus. What can I do? Come with me to a meeting this afternoon. the speaker came out of witchcraft and he knows what you're up against. Cut two, smash cut that afternoon. Uh, Mustachioed fellow is saying you know, uh, is warning about the occult and how it makes you feel like you have achieved power. Now once again, Mark, I I've played uh, role-play games for years and I've never no one has told me a spell. I really feel like I'm missing out here. And this whole comic is really it's really getting to me.
1: Well, look in our other podcast um finding real spells through dnd we'll get <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll make up for the lost time brad <laughs> oh
0: thanks okay uh so he, he's saying that the the limited power that is offered to DD players which uh once again i never got offered that so just saying uh is nothing compared to what you can get from jesus uh and then he does uh, a little bit of a preachy page which is you love it when there's more words than pictures on a page. Uh, he lays down. Jesus sends us free from bondage of witchcraft and sends us victory over all the powers of the enemy, Satan, parenthetically. Uh, God's word says we must repent, according to Acts nineteen nineteen. You should gather up now. This is it. Gather up all your occult paraphernalia, you know, like rock music, occult books, charms, dark dungeons of material. Throw them away. Don't throw them away. Don't throw them away. Burn them. We're going to do that tonight. So we're going to have a good old book burning. Uh, and that's what they do. Uh, okay. Shocking. Okay. So uh, Debbie realizes her life is a mess because she's allowed a DD game, Dungeon Master, run her life. In the name of Jesus, she gets, she gets
1: exercised.
0: Uh, the cult spirits leave Debbie.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, I can see like, um, some sort of dark, some sort of ghost or some sort of spirit leaving. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Although well, Jack Chick was very much like uh, demons are real, and like if you're sinning, it's because there's a demon in you, you gotta get that fella cast out. Debbie, uh, tearfully accepts Jesus into her life as her Lord and Savior, uh, as I'm sure we all have done. and uh, you guide me through life I want you to be in charge of everything not that lousy d d manual wow so sick burn on d there and speaking of sick burns guess what's burning <laughs> in the next panel
1: well yeah this is this is uh, also shocking to me mm-hmm. Debbie burned uh, all of her material that night <laughs>
0: And she thanks the Lord for setting her three. There is a good old bonfire going on in that picture. Uh, almost looks like some sort of, like, ritual in itself.
1: Do you think um, that fire is, because it's a massive fire, it's bigger than a person, um, do you think, I think she had a really big uh, collection. It's it's like, you know, that would have filled well, up she a lot had... of jobs. She had a dad buy
0: two hundred dollars worth of stuff, and that was like nineteen eighty four money. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm jealous. I'm. I'm nearly crying.
0: I wish I had that much stuff to burn.
1: Ah, oh. oh, Brad, but you've got to do the next panel. You've got to do the panel just <laughs> got, the next. Got it. Like this is
0: how they get you. This is how they get you. Oh, uh, I tell you, guess what's on the next panel? Check boxes. Checks boxes and forms It's like, yes, yeah, you like D D. Why don't you try? Why don't you try uh Christianity? It's like D, but with God. It's like Jesus is your DM now. Uh, so yes. Do you believe Jesus died on the cross for you? Yes or no? Oh, checkbox. Oh my god. Did you ask him to come into your heart and save you? Yes or no? Checkbox. And then you got the name and date, so you can like oh. It's well, like, it's th- insidious th- how they did this.
1: Yeah, look, it says, if you did sign this so that you can remember when God saved your soul, there is, what if you, if you tick and hit no on both of those and put your date name, you literally... <laughs>
0: no one wants to remember when they ignored the call of God, that's for sure. Uh, and of course, the other, the other, the other, like trick have a trap I set for you is once you once you're right on this it's not it's not meant condition anymore it's not collectible <laughs> that's right Can't sell it on evil ebay anymore sure you saved your soul but you've ruined resale value of this sh- of this tract what are you going to do it leads the last to... page oh
1: yeah, yeah go
0: yes. on no no, no go
1: you. on oh well look it leads me to a really big question okay Mr. Chick is down on D and D. Okay, mm. now some there are some comics out there that are bad, so I'm wondering if uh, he's done anything about comics. But he's Ooh. made a comic of it. I'm curious what if he's, oh, he's, if he's gone. did so many. I'll have to I'll
0: have to do that is a that's some homework for me. Check to see uh, if. If he has done comics on comics, uh, how bad comics are?
1: Yeah, the irony. Mm.
0: Okay, the last page is the small print. You know, it's like uh, here's what you have to do now that you're now that you're one of us. Now you've joined our uh, play group. Uh, here's these are the relevant rules for you to look up. Uh, go to Romans three ten, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and you know. It's just like a how-to on, like, a very brief how-to on Christianity on the last page. How to be Christian at this stage, and then we have reached the
1: end. Ah, oh, we have, we haven't, we haven't reached the end because the 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 end is, here's help to grow to a new Christian. Read the next step available at Christian bookstores.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder if that's a chick publication. Oh well, look at that, it is. <laughs> You enjoyed this free comic book. Spend money on this book for us, will you, please? To be continued. Okay, so that was Dark Dungeons. Uh, I think we've learned a lot. What did we learn from this comic, Mark, You got any lessons you've picked up?
1: Well, I, joining cults is where it's at. Um, you, you, get, you, you get cash, you make bank to get the D&D gear, and then you get access to real power. Um. Wow.
0: That's... So you've 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 learned the opposite lesson than what they are hoping to teach in this comic, I believe.
1: Well, you know, I it's clearly illustrated to me. It, you know, obviously, you know, we've had a casualty, but mm. I, I dare say that that was not caused by D and D or or the occult. It was caused by, um, you know, lack of listening to your friends. She didn't need to spend that time. Um, Fighting that zombie by herself, <laughs> without a somehow.
0: Deal. She's it's fighting a... the zombie. The zombie. Oh uh,
1: uh, yeah,
0: I, yeah. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah, it was like it's a tragic tale brought on by her friends, uh, Marcy's friends, being jerks to her. Uh, I learned that. Uh, yeah, I think that. I think that. Uh, the Bible is the is the real book for Christians. It is the Dungeon Master's Guide. For yeah. People who believe in God.
1: That's the you know my my Dungeon Master's Guide is better than theirs Dungeon Master Guide. You know I, that's what I'm I'm getting from it.
0: Yeah. And also, uh, burning books is great.
1: Yeah. Um... There was a library in
0: Alexandria. They would
1: have loved this. <laughs> I'm sure that this, is, this is exactly what they want to read uh, out of interest, do you remember that where you were at, in your I guess experiences with D&D hearing about you know, that someone had, had killed themselves as, as a result of D&D just um, do well, you remember I, that?
0: I do have a vague recollection I don't have the best memory but I remember being very ambivalent about Dungeons and Dragons for a long time I did. I deliberately actually did not play Dungeons and Dragons, but I would play other role-playing games, like science fiction ones, like uh, Traveller and stuff like that, because I figured that should be fine. But Dungeons and Dragons itself, I would avoid because I thought I don't want to get involved in that. And well,
1: yeah. Now I yeah. realize
0: the only reason I should have avoided Dungeons and Dragons is because the rules are terrible. Yeah, you know, a the whole. <laughs> Very clunky, very hard to remember.
1: Yeah, I, um, I distinctly remember the, this happening and happening at school and there being a very limited, you know, hubbub about it uh, where mm-hmm. I think a few teachers had talked about, you know, is this something we should be concerned about? You know, it's, it's you know, because I know we were playing D&D at school and and role playing games, but you know there were only a handful of people that even were, were doing it. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm talking about less than five. Wow! So they yeah, could in really- Bundaberg.
0: In Butterberg, uh, so- where I grew up, there was actually a, a game club, and every lunchtime we'd have like 20 kids playing a variety some some board games, some role playing games. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a big uh, big community.
1: I bet they also had a big occult um, section in their local library and uh, a few covens. Uh,
0: yeah, once again, I never got invited along to those. So, mm, feeling mixed feelings about that. Uh, okay, so, well, I think that's it. Final verdict. Do you consider this a good comic, a bad comic, or something else?
1: Look, um, I consider it something else. I mean, it's, you know, I would, I'll be honest, and that is whenever I found a, a chick production on, on a train or a bus, because that's where people would leave them, I would read it just just out of interest and then tear it up and throw it in a bin. Um, I would religiously do that. <laughs> um, and I did that from a, from a very early age. So I find it fascinating. This, this is a fascinating comic and that there's, there's no introspection into, you know, Christianity in this comic. It's just all this focusing on, you know, what's bad, D&D's bad, you know, but, you know, I don't think um, religion is really about, you know, introspection about what's, what they might be doing that is wrong and creating problems.
0: Okay. Um, I do want to ask you a question. It's like, why would you tear up them and throw them away?
1: I would tear them up because I, I felt they were so wrong and then I didn't want anyone else to read them. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I, well, look, I, to speak about myself and that it, you know, there was a, there was a very brief blip where I was interested in, in Christianity you know, and I, I was considering it. I, I, I can't even remember who introduced me or, you know, I and mean, this was actually in high school. And, and you know, that it, it sort of came quickly and went quickly. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I feel like comics like this do no, no service to um, uh, re- religion at all um they and i uh, i think they're, they're not a good ambassador for for whatever their religion they they they're preaching but uh you know for me i don't i didn't want that comic falling into the hands of someone that was at a low moment and could be influenced i guess in in okay. a poor way i guess uh, uh you know for a time I wanted to be, you know, a very short time. It was probably only a week or so. I was considering, you know, Christianity. You know, there was a time when I was considering being a door or door frozen chicken salesman. That is the truth. Both of those things passed.
0: Okay, and I put got to,
1: them in the same category.
0: Uh, I'm glad to hear that. For me, it's like the value of this comic is strictly kitsch. Um, I don't take it seriously. It's a one-sided... Uh, polemic I think that's how you say it just sort of like and uh I think it I agree with you that like the uh, the particular flavor of Christianity that it uh yeah that it promotes which includes things like book burning is dangerous uh and and it ends up with people saying it ends up with lots of Marcy's being told to leave the room because yeah. they've done something against uh, against the church or their beliefs, and it it can do a lot of damage. As a as a cultural artifact, I think it's it's fascinating and really interesting. And I, I just maybe it's the check boxes at the end, but it's really fascinating. I to
1: totally me. agree with that. I totally agree. It is fascinating. Um, and I am going to share this link with a friend of mine. <laughs>
0: share it to everyone
1: but um really i should be trying to tear up the internet
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay well uh with that with that bombshell we'll move on to um our second last section which is a answering a question from the internet and the question i have procured today is from our mutual friend ashley moore via facebook It actually asks why did U.S. comics become dominated by superhero comics? You got any idea how that happened, Mark? Because I actually know the answer, but I'd like to hear what you think. If you have any theories,
1: look, I have a very limited theory on it, and like, it's a really interesting question. I hadn't actually thought about it, but I think is is it too dumb to say America wants heroes like? you know, maybe that's that's why it's a big deal there. You know, that may maybe it's it's a cultural thing of America wanting heroes, but I think I'm about to get educated in something deeper. I really want to know the answer to that.
0: Okay. Well I will give you you prepare to be educated. Uh yeah, I think there is a cultural thing. Like uh America is very much uh individualist. They believe in exceptionalism where you know, certain, if a person, uh, certain exceptional people rise to the top, you know, say a real estate deal dealer who uh, has his own reality TV show, shows what a hero, hero he is, only he can leave that country. Um, <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, but I, the reason that, okay, superheroes were sort of like, they emerged at the same time as comic books emerged, back in the nineteen uh, early 1940s, I believe, late 1930s. Uh, Superman was the first genuine hit comic book. It sold millions and millions of comics, uh, Action Comics 101. It was a sensation, and everyone copied it. And then there was a, there was a world war, and then after the world war, the demand for superhero comics went down and they, comics uh, diversified into a lot of different uh, genres and uh, since, since the war, since the late 40s, superheroes were just like a niche sort of thing. They were for kids and they had other things that were, were popular like Western comics and, uh, and romance comics were huge for a while. Wow. And then horror comics became huge in the 1950s. EC Comics became a juggernaut uh, with their uh, Tales from the Crypt and all that. All these, like, tongue-in-cheek horror slash ironic humor comics that they were doing. And they were huge, and they were copied by everyone. But what happened was, uh, depending on who you ask, I'm going to give the... the uh, the the version which uh, paints certain other publishers in bad light. You had uh, you had Archie Comics, and they were like, "Oh, these these horror comics are, are selling great guns. Uh, in fact, they're selling too much. We've got to bind together." There was a sort of, a, and this is very this is this feeds directly into the comic we just read. There was a huge anti-comic backlash where all these horror comics were said to be corrupting the youth. There was a book called The Seduction of the Innocent, which is about how it turned, how comics turned normal kids into juvenile delinquents by reading comic books. And there were mass comic burnings and everything like, Archie Comics says, look, says all the other publishers who aren't the EC, EC who was who making bank, we got, got to set up uh, a guidelines to show that comics art, aren't these horrible things that will corrupt the youth. So they brought the, the Comics Code Authority. Oh, my God. Which was a set of rules which said what was permitted to appear in comics. And the set of rules was basically anything that appeared in an EC comic was said to be banned, so you couldn't have. You couldn't have uh, violence. You couldn't have Frankenstein's. You couldn't. You couldn't have werewolves. You couldn't have vampires. You couldn't have anything horrific. You couldn't show uh, divorce. You couldn't show drug use. You couldn't do anything. It was completely sanitized. And once those rules were in place, the only comic books that they could do, they couldn't do romance comics because they had implied sex, they couldn't do crime comics, they couldn't do uh, they couldn't do horror comics. The only sort of comics that you could do under the Comic Code Authority was superhero comics. So that's how we ended up with an with a industry which for 50 years, I believe the Comic Code Authority was in, in practice could only
1: really do superhero comics.
0: And Hang that's how it,
1: they came to... Did you say it was in force for 50 years? Yes, indeed. It was like a law or a code?
0: It was a code. It was something that the, the comic companies voluntarily uh, agreed to. And I think it lasted until the early 2000s.
1: Oh, my God. I had no idea. Oh my God! I've, I've actually opened up a Wikipedia page about it, and well, since you've started chatting about it, I'll keep going, Brad. Oh,
0: oh. Well, I just got to the end. So that's what—that's why superheroes dominated, because the comic code authority basically made any other form form of storytelling like very difficult to do. If you didn't have a seal, you couldn't get your your uh, comics out on the newsstands. And if you didn't have your comics out on newsstands, no one would read it. And that stayed that way until probably a, about the 80s when people started independently uh, publishing comics. Uh, and they started gaining more momentum from there. But that's what that's how superheroes came to think. And then it's like like any traditional thing. Once that becomes a dominant thing, it just stays a dominant thing because no one is doing, you know, it's tradition. Every Superhero comics, they're comic books. Comic books are superheroes. That's how it was with the... Uh, with the American American comic industry, that's my answer to that question. Hope that wasn't too long and boring.
1: It, it, that was not long or boring. It was fascinating. Oh my god, I can't believe. It. Yeah, because that means for uh, as my life growing up, I have bought a comic here and there that is adhered to this and not even known that they were. So heavily censored. Mm. Um, yes, it's a thing,
0: and it's all because of Archie Comics wanting to drive EC out of business.
1: <sighs> Archie's so did. evil.
0: Yeah, Archie is so evil.
1: Oh my mm. god!
0: Well, with that bombshell, we'll move on to the final, final, uh, final part of the show which is recommendations on comics that people should read instead of, or perhaps as well as Dark Dungeon. Do you have a, a a suggestion? If not a comic, a book or a TV show or a movie is fine. A pop culture recommendation for people that they can, uh, they can experience instead of Dark Dungeon.
1: Well, um, I'm quickly moving over to my bookshelves. You may, just edit this bit out while i just quickly have a look for something
0: okay i'll I'll do my recommendation
1: what's your recommendation
0: my recommendation uh which i i chose because it's um you know it's it's, it reads a bit like a fantasy role-playing game but it's so much better it is a series called saga by (gasps) brian k vaughan and fiona staples now this is like this is hog crazy it's got everything in it it's set in of space there's magic there's there's uh technology there's guys with tv heads running around there's sex there's violence uh and it is just spectacular uh, it's hard to hard to uh explain how to describe but it is fantastic uh yeah so i would say Saga by Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples. There's something like ten volumes of it. Read it; it's amazing. I I have read
1: I have read some of that. Um, I have not I'm way behind. I but it is I totally agree. It is, it is great. It is uh, really interesting stuff. Um, okay, I will I will give you my recommendation. It's not a comic. Mm-hmm. Um. But what it is, it's um, Star Wars, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Oh. Okay, on the cover... Keep talking. On the cover, you've got Boba Fett, Dengar, um, Forlom. uh, You've got uh, Bosk and Zuckus, um, if you know your Star Wars heroes. Um, Oh, and there's also on the spine, IG-88. Now, a lot of these... Yeah, here's my favourite. A lot of these um, bounty hunters you only see just in one short scene in *The Empire Strikes Back*. Um, mm-hmm. However, a no lot disintegrations. of yes, no, that is exactly right. Now it was um, they've written by lots of different um, authors. A lot I don't know, but um, one of them's Kevin J. Anderson, who was part of the you know the one of the persons who did some writing in the extended universe of Star Wars. Oh, okay. Um, but um, it is the story of IG-88 in this book that everyone um, should read because it is fan fiction gone mad. Um, <laughs> it it starts out, you know, finding out what it's like to be, um, you know, IG-88. Um IG88 uh,
0: is a assassin droid, I believe.
1: That is that is right. He's assassin droid. Um, it it ends with, and this is a spoiler. So if you don't want a spoiler, um, stop listening for the yeah, next five uh, stab seconds. Stab yourself in
0: the ears now.
1: Then IG88 gets put his his mental core software is put inside the second Death Star. And he actually fires it. (laughs) Um, That's all I'll say. You should read it because it is fan fiction gone mad, and it is—it's amazing that it got—it made its way to a book and was approved.
0: Um, Okay, we'll put a link in the show notes so people can look that one up.
1: Okay, cool. Groovy, great
0: recommendation.
1: Um, Thanks for having me on the show. Uh,
0: it's been my pleasure mark as always it's uh, lovely to uh, have you on board and uh, yeah thanks for reading Dark dungeons with me I'll... that's it for troubling issues for this episode uh, I'll see you next time and uh, thanks for listening I gonna kind of have to come off a like closing thing to say thanks
1: for listening bye you can have a nice